it's all bourbon. My wife's kids are the same. Um, and so I think that is, um, it's, that's what's happening. It's going to be that way for the next, you know, seven, eight years for yeah. sure. I think so too. I remember yeah. the craft beer explosion when the craft beer became the big thing. And like you said, you just see more people shifting to spirits and stuff and moving away from the craft beer scene. We were, I was at a wedding or in a uh-huh. wedding this last weekend and we had our groomsmen room and you know, the, uh, the bridesmaids came in and they're like, let's, you know, let's do a drink of, of, uh, the bourbon you have over there. And I was like, is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> I was right. like, you know, it's like not a female the, thing usually. Yeah. 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 It's, more, like, it's starting to become, let's pop, into the bur- let's pop into the bourbon. And I was like, okay, yeah. awesome. On this episode of The Bourbon Hunters, dude, Tyler, and Brett sit down with President Andy Ferris and Master Distiller Jeff Murphy from J.K. Williams to discuss their whiskeys, the history of the brand, and the city of Peoria, while drinking their award-winning Stormy River Rye and Gold Zephyr Bourbon offerings. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Unicorn Nation Apparel, magical apparel for magical people. Go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome Bourbon Hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by Unicorn Nation Apparel. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, pick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. I'm Duke Poole, joined by Brett Bryan. And today we have on J.K. Williams. We're joined by uh, Andy and Jeff from uh, J.K. Williams. We'll give you guys a, uh, a chance to, to talk about the history and stuff here in just a few seconds. Uh, but today we're going to uh, taste a little bit of their uh, offerings here. We don't have all of them, but we have the rye whiskey, the Stormy River, and then we also have the Gold Zephyr, uh, the straight bourbon whiskey. So... Uh, we'll be talking about those today. They'll also be talking about, uh, I think, what is it, you say, a blended whiskey uh, release you just had as well? Yeah, we just released our uh, Bridge Series American Wheat Whiskey. Perfect. So uh, I guess getting started into this, uh, we'll let you guys talk a little bit about the uh, history of your company and how you came to be, and then we'll jump into the first tasting here on, on the Gold Zephyr uh, and talk about that a little bit as well. So um, I guess, Andy, it might make sense for you to kind of lead off. Uh, tell us a little okay. bit about uh, J.K. Williams, how it, you know, uh, came to be again, and uh, yeah, so, some history there. Yeah, I'll kick, I'll kick it off. Uh, J.K. Williams was a real guy, a legitimate character, uh, not a fictionalized character like some other brands out there. <laughs> um, his great-great-grandsons, John and Jesse Williams, uh, started this uh, distillery in 2012, and... Uh, and for the namesake of, of their great great grandfather, who was a distiller in Peoria, uh, and at, when Prohibition hit, became a bootlegger. And so, so he had a large he had nine kids. So he um, he decided to continue his craft behind the scenes and um, ran into the criminal element. Uh, the Chicago mob had a huge hand in Peoria. We're only two hours and twenty minutes from. Michigan Avenue here. So, um, a lot of liquor came out of bootleg liquor came out of Peoria, even after the distillery shut down. So it's a really quite a rich history. Um, and Jeff and I are, are getting a history lesson, you know, every week because people come in and say, I, hey, have you heard about this? And 
you know, Hiram Walker and, you know, all these different brands, but it's really incredible. There were um, a total of 71 uh, distilleries here at one time. Yeah. At one point, wasn't uh, I, that area considered kind of like the central hub of like whiskey? At, at we, we, yeah, we were the whiskey city. We were whiskey yeah. capital of the world. Um, the Great Western Distillery, which the site of the Great Western Distillery um, became the Hiram Walker plant in 1933. Hiram Walker took over, and you can see over my shoulder here, Walker's Deluxe. Um, that was their kind of flagship um, in the States here, um, aged eight years. And, um, and that bottle's actually cracked. Jeff and I have not had a chance to taste what ours tastes like against Walker's Deluxe, but we are going to get around to it here pretty soon. Oh, that would be cool. Uh, but but anyway, um, the, the, yeah, um he ran afoul of J.K. Williams, ran afoul of, of the criminal element. The O'Neill brothers were, were the gangsters, the big gangsters of Peoria and Al Capone. And they wanted a slice of his action. And uh, he fled in the middle of the night um, with his family to Decatur. And um, the Williams brothers say that he uh, continued bootlegging. There's no, I'm not <laughs> sure if there's a record of that anywhere, but um, you know, it really is. A, it's a, it's a cool story. And, uh, if you ever dig into, uh, you know, just pull up Peoria distilling history on Google and you can see the stories, but it really is an amazing um, tale of a huge immigrant pop population, a huge source of really clean water um, in both the Illinois River at the time. I wouldn't swim in there today, <laughs> uh, but, but at the time um, in the San Cody Aquifer <laughs> underneath there is limestone and uh, I would say it compares very favorably to the uh, Kentucky limestone aquifer as well. But um, there's a, it is just a really cool um, history. Prohibition, by and large, shut down brewing. There were 23 distilleries or 23 breweries as well. So this was a boom. It was a boom town. Um, and that combination of, uh, you know, uh, cooperage, um, you know, lumber, corn, obviously was in everywhere around here. So all those came together, um, this great intersection and created a, an incredible uh, distilling and, and brewing industry here. And uh, unfortunately, Hiram Walker closed in 1982. Uh, Pat's Blue Ribbon had their largest uh, brewery in the country, was in Peoria Heights, yep. and that closed in 1983. So, you know, you still get the PBR aficionados, you still have the guys who say my dad worked for my grandfather worked with Hiram Walker and <laughs> PBR uh, no yeah 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 it's good you, you don't see uh PBR castles on you know as far as uh when you, when you go to an event uh you know you see Coors Light everything else it's hard to see PBR nowadays but PBR was in Illinois it was in Peoria yeah so it was great I, it's yeah. the history of all this stuff. It, to me, it's always oh, yeah. crazy how much it's been romanticized. Like in as time yeah, has passed, no, exactly right. But living back then, I couldn't imagine. Like it had to. I mean, the violence and everything that happened. I mean, obviously, we're removed from it. But that kind of stuff that was happening with Capone and all the gangsters and all that stuff and the bootlegging. I mean, there was a lot of violence involved with that, and just the the amount of, I guess, chances that people had to take to con continue on their way of life because they're forced to do something that became illegal, you know, to, to make their living. I just, that, that just amazes me. Just mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, the links people will go to, to 
you know, do things when, when times are tough. Like, yeah, part of the depression was going on and all that stuff too. And so times were tough because of the depression, you know, trying to make, you know, money any way you can. Yeah. In the end, you got to do what you got to do. Right. So, uh, Andy, tell us, uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of history there leading up to, uh, the, the grandkids, I guess. Um, but then, uh, what is it? You and Stacy, right? So uh, Stacy and I started looking into this in about 2017. Uh, the Williams brothers, who are great guys, and their their juice has stood the test of time. Um, uh, Jeff and I have discussed this. We, you know that we feel if they were maybe releasing things too early, but again, as Jeff just said, you do what you have to do, stay in business. So they were releasing some of their whiskey as early as one year, uh, two years. We've had the benefit of an extra two and a half years in the barrel. And so um, I, they they really kind of ran out of gas. And one of the brothers had health problems. And uh, it just, it was meant to be kind of a boutique. I don't want to call it a hobby, but it was meant as kind of a boutique. And we really came on board. I saw the opportunity with um, the legitimacy of the brand, Peoria whiskey history, and then how can you restore some of that? And so I think, when we started looking at this, I said, this is a really unique opportunity to take um, a brand that has gone, not defunct, they never went out of business, but they ceased production and uh, reimagine that and relaunch it and try to you know, put Peoria back on the map as a quality whiskey, whiskey making uh, area. Oh, and and I think uh, I, you've got brands all over the place that, like you said, they make up histories. Or they have histories that I think that along with the marketing, you know, is usually a match made in heaven. If you have a real history that goes along yeah. with your bourbon, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that'll no, bring saying, people right. to it. I mean, we were talking earlier before you joined Jeff, but like, uh, I think women, they're starting to get into bourbon and not to be like, I'm not trying to be stereotypical here, but I know with my wife, for example, she loves packaging. She loves a story. She loves, sure. that, you know, that kind of stuff. History with about everything. Romanticizing yeah. history and different things like that. And I think when you have a, a really cool story like that, I think it really lends well to people at least giving it a try. And then if you're making something good, they'll, they'll come back to it. So I, you know, yeah. getting them to take that first drink or that first try is, is the trick, I think. So you're exactly right. So, so, you know, the fun thing is, is, is when, uh, Andy and I first started talking, I said, you know, and it's like, well, they had, there were previous distillers. We had some juice in, in barrels. So let me taste the juice, you know? So let me, let me see if it's good. If it's good, then I have something to, to work with. If it's not good, then I don't have anything to work with. <laughs> so, and, and, and honestly, when I came in and Andy and I tasted the juice, I was like, no, this is good stuff. They're doing good. They're doing things right for the most part. So, I mean, it, it really comes down to, uh, yeah, is it good? It's fine. The story's great. The history in Peoria is awesome. Um, Andy and Stacey were doing things right. And I, I, I really do think that it's a, uh, it, it, I want to make J.K. Williams the Jack Daniels of Peoria or Illinois, you know. So I'm, I, you know, that's, that's my, that's my goal. So let's, so. let's hold on to that thought. Let's, let's nose this, uh, bourbon here real quick. And then that sure, Jeff, that brings me it. into, I think your history and how you got there, because I, I read a little bit about it online and it's, to me, it's really interesting. So, yeah. um, you know, you, uh, going through, uh, you know, beer overseas, Asia, doing some brewing over there and then ended up, uh, oh, distilling. Cool. So I, I want to hear some of that. So that's, uh, let's, let's nose this a little bit and see what you guys think of it. That's well, got a great nose. Mm-hmm. 
I think that 90% corn, um, the sweetness. 80% corn. Oh, 80. I thought I must have misread 10, that. 10, right? Oh, yeah. The 10, 10. Yeah, okay. 10, 10. The 10 wheat, 10 malted barley. But that sweetness is coming through oh, yeah. for me mm-hmm. on that, definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely getting some of the corn. Um, but yep. it's not it's not like a youthful corn. No, no, um, it's not it's not like a grain corn. It's yeah, like the it's, sweetness. It's not like a white dog or anything. I mean, but there is some corn there, some sweetness. Yeah, it is a good nose. I'm getting a little bit of oak, which is nice. Um, because how how old did you say it is? Uh, like three and a half, four. I think four is the no, bottle. No, it's, so. it's four, four and five. Okay, four and five year juice. Four in there. and five. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm definitely getting a little bit of the uh, the oak, but I'm getting. For sure, the corn. The corn is definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that eighty percent is is definitely. Um, <clears throat> it's got good color in it too. Yeah, it and does. There's no overpowering ethanol no, either. Yeah. No, you know no, what I mean. So, so the the uh, the J.K. Williams juice. You know, the original owners were all small barrels. So this is all uh, twenty three and three gallon barrels. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, I think that helps the aging process. It really does with like the surface it, uh, area. It helps extraction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean the maturity there. It's all small barrel. It, it it does. I think that surface area does make a difference. Um, but there's that fine line, you know, like when you see in Texas where it almost over extract. Yeah, over extract. Yeah. It matures too quick. The because there's something about the oxidation. Like you, you can sure you can rush the, you know the uh, the extraction from the from the wood, but but when you're doing it at such a, a rate because of the heat and you're not getting the chance for the oxidation to actually occur because that's, mm-hmm. I know right. that they always talk about the oxidation or the, uh, the, the wood influence, but I really feel like oxidation makes a huge, huge impact on, on the aging the, or the maturity process, I should say. Um, and I think we're, we're in, we're not so far from Kentucky, you know, it's no, five right. hours from, yeah. from drive to yeah. Louisville. So I think we're pretty close. We probably have a little colder winters, but uh, you know, Texas is completely different with the heat down there. Right. So, oh, yeah. And there's just and Louisiana. <laughs> and, and we're just <laughs> spent, spent eight and, very warm years, I'm told. Uh, you know, in Louisiana, for instance, it, it's just, it's really difficult. And I, um, there's a, there's a couple guys that I follow that are from um, Iowa. And I was so shocked to learn, like, how hot their summers are and how cold their winters are. So, and I, you know, I can't imagine that you guys have such a drastically different climate there. Well, we're, we're very, yeah, we're very close. Yeah. I mean, that's really, uh, you know, Iowa city's two hours and 15 minutes yeah. from here. Um, I'm from Minnesota. So that's six hours. <laughs> north. That is a completely different yeah. climate. <laughs> you know, yeah. with they, golf courses shut down on October 31st. That's it. There's not a wow. discussion behind that. If it, unless it's just a ridiculously uh, warm year, but literally. So we here, we've got an extra month really on both ends of it, and we get a little really bitterly cold, but not very often, and a lot less snow than Minnesota. So I think nice. um, we're, I put ourselves more in the Indianapolis kind of climate and okay. pretty close to Louisville, um, but probably a little colder than there and a little more snow. But I, but I think we're in a pretty ideal um, climate for and and what does your guys's uh, storage look like? Yeah, so it's our, stor- it's, our storage. Yeah, yeah. climate controlled. Yeah. Like how many so floors? So first off, like I'd that. like to uh, respond back. Um, if you ask my wife, cold as ice. <laughs> 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 so no, so so here's the thing about spirits is that um, you know 
whenever you're aging aging products. So if you if you imagine um, scotch, um, you know they they have the Gulfstream Gump. There is very temperate environment. Um, it, it's very mellow. So in the United States, so in Louisiana, when I was doing rum down there, you have um, some extremes, right? And even Kentucky does their a lot of the barrel warehouses and black um, warehouses, right? So they're like trying to keep that heat in. And there's a reason for that. Um, but in my mind, too, there should be a variance because you have to want, you have to have the extremes of cold and heat. Um, I guess I. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that you know you you, you want to have uh, uh, the differences in temperature to make sure that you're you're pushing in and squeezing out. Yep. Right. The breathing uh, effect almost. Your yeah. stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, it makes sense, and I think you know I know that there's a there's a huge and I'm not picking on Texas, but like they. I feel like at Texas, for example, you're not getting as much of that. You, I know they do have some of their colds, um, but that extreme heat, it just rapidly... Yeah. When that lasts so I, I, long, that heat, the cold yeah. is, is very quick. You know what I mean? It's not enough time. Right. And I... So you do get contraction there, but I think it's mostly extraction. It's mostly, you know, the, the heat and the the interacting with that wood nonstop, on, I feel like. Um, I'm going to oxidize. And yeah. oxidation is what takes time. Right, yeah. and I, that's the thing. I you can't speed up, and I think that's nope. why places like Kentucky, the Midwest, you know, like Illinois, um, some of those places that are more in that latitude, I feel mm-hmm. like you get a little bit more of that uh, variance, and you get a little bit more, you know, even all the way over to uh, like Woodenville, for example, and uh, you know, different places like that, like Old Elk. Even I know that a lot of their stuff's MGP, but they're. You know, they're still getting just, a lot of that, yeah. uh, uh, you know, variation. I think that's, I think that's super important because that maturity process, it, it's not just wood. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about wood, but I think they're, there's, they're selling short that unquantifiable, you know, oxidation period that, that happens. And it's, you know, it has that effect. I mean, you, you see it just with opening a bottle of bourbon. Yeah. And, yep. you know, and I'm not saying it changes dramatically because, you know, it's still not interacting with the wood at that point, but just... From the time you open a bottle to yeah. the time you finish a bottle, oh, there's you, differences. You, I mean, you can't tell me a bourbon doesn't taste different with a half-open bottle that sits on the shelf for a year. Um, yeah, it's going to sure. taste drastically different. Oh, oh, neck pour. So, so, right. Yeah, you guys, you guys are actually bringing up a great, a great issue because I think that's what a lot of things. Um, so, bourbon as it ages, right? So it has to do with oxidation. So when you have a half-empty bottle. And every time you open that bottle and pour it out, you are actually adding oxygen to it, right. and it's actually oxidizing in the bottle. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think it's a great, a great thing, um, but you need to realize that it's happening, and most yeah. people don't. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, if if you have a a nice old bottle of whiskey, which is great. Um, like a Pappy's or something like that, you know, I prefer chicken cock. That's just me. <laughs> um, so, uh, you just love saying that. <laughs> I, do, I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a great so, name. But, but anyway, like I said, whenever you introduce oxygen, it changes. Yeah. Sure. So as you, as, as you reduce your volume of liquor in the bottle, you should always keep that in mind because at some point, you just got to drink it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've always yeah. read that once you get to that, like, third third uh yeah no third third's full. good yeah, yeah. you just yeah. you want to you know try to finish it not quickly like not in an evening but like right speed up your uh, consumption <laughs> a little bit yeah. no you got gotta get rid of it within a couple weeks so yeah it's sure. and it's interesting it's because i a problem for jeff and myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean we like it so much we're doing a podcast right. so you can, <laughs> we, we probably got the same issue um so yeah, for me, I mean, I and it's interesting you say that. Like I've had some bourbons that I think have sat there a third, you know, just a third full, and you forget about it yeah. and come back and it's actually outstanding. I've had the opposite happen yeah. too, where it's a third full and you come back and it's it's like eh, yeah. it's it's kind of yeah. I don't want to say turned, but you know, just maybe over oxidized like or flattened something. out but almost. Yeah, it can't it can't turn for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But. I think the good the good thing is I think all of us anyway at least store our bourbons in at least a dark area and a cooler mm-hmm. area cooler, so that's yeah, for sure. yeah, so that helps a little bit but so Jeff tell us your uh, your story well actually let's take a drink of this bourbon first I've already had some yeah, sips, I saw but, a little uh, either. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been yeah. drinking it but uh, yeah sorry my dog uh, always likes to come in here while we're podcasting what's, what's so. the proof on this what is it ninety 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 right yeah um, same with the rye too right ninety. Okay. Correct. So yeah, I've already had a few sips of this. Uh, for me, the corn definitely yeah. um, is present. Uh, it's not in a bad way. Like I said, it doesn't taste like a youthful corn. It just tastes like a, you know, eighty percent corn mash. There's a surprising amount of oak in here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Was so first off, as soon as it hits my my tongue, I get corn. Yeah. And then as soon as it kind of uh, travels, you know, to the back, I'm getting that oak. I'm getting yeah. a little bit of a finish. The finish is. Um, you know, being 90 proof, we're, we drink a lot of cask strength stuff. So this is, you know, sure. kind of a, a nice mellow finish, but it's a good finish. It, it's not drying or anything like that. So oh, it's you not could, too, I mean, over oaky or anything taste, like that. Taste and proof together. Mm-hmm. You could drink this all, all day. Yeah, yeah. This, I could, this is a great sipper. I, the, my problem with this yep. is it's so easy to drink. Yeah. That I could see myself over serving <laughs> too, yeah. too easily. Nice problem to have, yeah. <laughs> right? First world problems. <laughs> exactly. When it's got a nice long finish, I'm looking at the legs in the glass right now, um, and I like a, a nice long finish like that. Well, you like that viscosity? I do. That, that mouth feel. I do. I'm say. very big great, on. It's got great viscosity, I think. Yeah, and, uh, I'm big on that. It, it, we we've just as we Jeff and I. Well, you know, we take we try to taste stuff. Of, other bottles and I, it's just, it's interesting to compare this to others. I, I think the, uh, you're right. The corn really comes through nicely in a sweet way. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 I wouldn't call it unique. It's just, a, it's, it has hints. We've been compared favorably to other weeded bourbons. We only have 10% wheat in here, but I think that, Offers that mellow, yeah, it's enough. Finish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's about perfect for me. This tongue coating is perfect. I love yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And yep. to what's interesting to me is the more I drink it, um, I'm starting to get some more notes. Like I, I'm starting to get a little bit of like a There's, creamy I, I vanilla got, or something like that. Like a I on the on the back side, I almost have a little cherry. Like there's almost a little. There is know, no there's some darker fruit. Yeah. yeah, dark fruit. Yep. Yeah, I agree. There's dark fruit in here. 
Yeah, it's almost like a peppery. A peppery I can smell uh, cherry. a little dark fruit in there. If that makes sense, maybe I'm just getting the cherry and the pepper together. But it's like I'm a getting raisin. Like a peppery cherry. Yeah, it's a like raisin a, for me. Oh yeah, I could see that maybe. The vanilla is what's really starting yeah. to come forward for me, and then it, and then it goes like immediately vanilla to oak. But I mean, the the vanilla is a uh, back set, so you get we get more of the cherry and the fruit, dark fruit up front. Yeah, and then the vanilla kind of hits you in the backside. Yeah, so. that's what that's what I was getting. I was getting like vanilla yeah. right into the oak. Yeah. It was it was interesting, but it, but it has a nicer, uh, you know, um, even at a low proof, uh, it has a nice longer finish. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. like the, the the finish doesn't drop off. Yeah, it doesn't fall you know? flat at all. It yeah. lingers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah which yeah, is interesting lingers. because I'm getting like a little bit of pepper, but there's no rye. It's, it's yeah. So, but it's interesting to me because, and maybe that's just the higher corn content. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it's, or maybe it's the the wood or something. But I'm getting, I'm definitely getting like a peppery finish, and it's not an ethanol finish. It's a, it's like a peppery spice type. Did you finish. pour the right one? Not the rye, is it? Well, the rye. I'm kidding. Still, I'm kidding. The rye are still I'm kidding. Full. <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm I, guessing. I like that. I like that. I do too. I like this a lot. Yeah, I do too. This is good. I, and we generally, I mean, I, that's not true, I guess. We'll have some lower proof stuff from time to time. Yeah. But I think as on a, for the most part, we're into the cask strength stuff a lot, I think. This is our palettes have developed and grown yeah. and, and everything. Yeah. But it's fun yeah. to come back no, to, to the low proofs. Like, I'll, I'll still go back and drink some Buffalo Trace and my Elijah Craig, some mm-hmm. things like that. That's, you know, their standard flagship offerings. And those are lower proof, I guess. So I, I guess I do drink a decent amount of... Uh, I, I, you know, go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. Go for it. So I was going to say like, um, on a nightly basis, like I would love something like this, you know, they tend to, um, I think, at least I speak for dude and I think Brett, uh, I like to have mine on ice when I come home. Um, not a ton, just like with an ice cube, they drink theirs straight, but when, you know, on a nightly basis, now, if I'm trying something, um, or you know, more on the weekends, like I'll drink it, I'll drink it neat. But I, I like to have it, you know, generally with with an with an ice cube. Now, this, um, I would like to have this neat. So yeah, just, so, it's, it's so a what, good what, drink. What I was gonna say earlier was that um, you're not you're not wrong. Um, you know, if if you imagine water as the base of everything, right? So yeah. water brings your flavor to your palate with the juices, sodas, everything, right? So alcohol is the opposite where for, for as far as uh, spirits go, alcohol brings your flavor to the palate. Yeah. So you're, you're not wrong in that. So, and, and, and um, I drink a lot of stuff neat. If it's high proof, I'll put an ice cube in it. Like you said, yep. so water it down a little bit, let it dilute. Um, but, as far as that goes, you're, you're not wrong at all. So I think, I think it's a great idea. So I, and I think in the future, Jeff and I have discussed, um, doing some cast strength in the future and and maybe some new innovations along those lines. So I think, you know, that's going to be, we view these, um, current expressions as the flagships, Yeah, but you know what I mean? But we're, we're going to definitely do some things that are secondary finishes and, yeah. Um, higher proof. Well, and our bridge is actually at 94. You, know, yeah, you guys bridge, don't have that, yeah. unfortunately, but and, and, our bridge is at 94. Well, it's tough, too, when you're trying to maximize what you can sell. 
I mean, and then you go to a cast strength, you're getting, you know, maybe a hundred, well, with your 30 gallons, probably less, but you know, with a 53 gallon, you're getting maybe 170 bottles out of it versus 200 and some. So, I mean, you're, you're cutting yourself off. So you almost have to charge more for that, which nowadays, I mean, people will probably pay for it. And especially if you're considered a craft distillery, they understand that you're, you know, not rolling in the money. So you have to charge a little bit more. So, um, well, you're getting yeah. more alcohol, you know, per volume, obviously. Yeah, so, so, so people are willing to pay yeah. more for that on a cast strength, for sure. Um, that would yep. be interesting. I'd like to see some of this, actually, uh, how it tastes. This would be little, really good at cast strength, I, I think, I or feel higher like proof it would in be general. Too. Um, it is well, really good at cast strength. I just dropped barrels <laughs> last week for the rye. Yeah, rub so. it in, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> God, cast, <laughs> cast ryes are fantastic, yeah, too. They are. We tasted some of the rye. Uh, at, I think you said it was 135 proof yesterday. Oh, 135. Nice. So, so here in Peoria, we actually go up in proof. So oh. uh, after four years, five years in the barrel, we've, we went – so the inch proof was 121. Oh, wow. Okay. And harvesting these barrels, we're at 136. Oh, roughly. nice. Yeah, good. So, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I, 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 I I like to hear though that you're doing the lower entry proof from a a weeded perspective. But yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Tell us a little bit about your history. I I read some of it online. You know what was on the website, and and totally interesting to me. But uh, I know these guys they do no research before the the. So this will be first time they get to hear. Uh, I, I don't want to ruin my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> all, all they do is come by and drink. Yeah, no, so. So my, my history is, is, is very, uh, uh, I, I don't, I, basically in the end, I was a Navy corpsman for six years, uh, from 92 to 96, uh, my wife got married in Guam. Uh, she was a corpsman as well. Uh, we went to, uh, Hawaii. Son was born Maryland. I became a police officer in Maryland. Uh, and then, uh, from Maryland, we went to Singapore and I was always a, uh, um, uh, craft brewer or a home brewer, um, from basically 92. And then, uh, from Singapore on became a professional brewer and then, uh, came back to the U S Texas and, uh, basically went to gotten distilling from there. So. My my Irish trifecta is uh, <laughs> arresting drunks, treating drunks, or treating drunks, arresting drunks, and getting people drunk, and making uh, drunks. So, <laughs> well, yeah, first yeah. off, let me say thank you, new drugs. thank <laughs> you for your service, yes. uh, military and police. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, no, both sides, man. It's it's and honestly, I I I I really do uh, appreciate what they're doing now. And uh, my wife retired twenty three years out of the Navy, so. She's a chief petty officer out of the Navy, retired. And uh, when we when we go to events, they're like, oh, what's up, chief? And they've got me. I'm like, no, that's not me. That's <laughs> I'm on chief. Just <laughs> not telling you about his mounted police duty. <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, I was, I was a mounted police officer, too. So I was on a horse and everything else. You know? Oh, that's nice. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, now, was that in Maryland? I miss, I, I miss it. I miss it. I really do miss it. But, you know. It's, I don't appreciate what they're going through now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's no it's more tough times. You, yeah. you, you, you couldn't, pay, you couldn't pay me half a million dollars a year to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. I have some friends locally here that are police officers and 
some of the stuff that they're like, it, it's almost like they don't want to do their jobs now because they're afraid to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Not, not to get political <laughs> I digress. On, on the, uh, <laughs> on the show. Yeah, so. So let's get back to bourbon. <laughs> back to but, bourbon. Are, you guys, are you guys near, are you guys near Cleveland or are you near Columbus? Columbus. We're in yeah. Columbus. You're yeah. near Columbus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just in Cleveland. I was saying what a, what a cool town that was always a dump for so many it years. It used now. to be. What a cool yeah. town. They've transformed that. Yeah. They've yeah, turned around. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It used to be when I was in college, there was the flats. Which was basically just a strip of bars, and it's still the flats are fun now. Yeah, well, Dude, they were still, always fun, yeah. but it was just a it was Smaller, not a fun yeah. area to go to, except you for might the bars. Get shot. Right, yeah. <laughs> you might wake up, uh, you know, and not know how you got where you got. And uh, but now it's yeah, I mean, it's still a fun area, but it's a little bit more developed and, yeah. and like. I don't know if you want to call it gentrified or not, but it's it, but it's a little bit more developed from a re- retail space, bar space. So right. it's a, a little more classy, if you will, mm-hmm. whereas it used to just be a college hangout. So, sure, like we would, twenty one, we would go up there just for a weekend to drink and hang out at bars. That's mm-hmm. all we did. I mean, it was right. So, but we uh, all did. I think. <laughs> We've all been there. So for me, it was in San Diego. So it was always Tijuana. No, oh, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I don't want to know what yeah. you saw there. <laughs> <laughs> we do, just not on the podcast. Yeah. Off, off, offline. Yeah. So, how did you end up meeting up with uh, J.K. Williams and becoming, you know, the distiller there? So, sorry, I'm in my bedroom. Oh, you're fine. Um, so, um, I was doing uh, rum in Louisiana for the last eight years, right? So then COVID hit and everything else. And I, I, went, I went from down there, I went from uh, uh, production to management. So, uh, and then when COVID hit, they basically said, well, we can split your job. You train someone to do your job, right? So um, they said, no, see you later. You know, Bye. Um, so I was on actually indeed, and that's where Andy and I, uh, got our, uh, uh, our, our, our connection. Very cool. And, uh, yep. It, and, it, uh, it's very fortuitous moment for us. Um, it was, I had a, uh, a friend of mine, I was sending my business plan around, which I hadn't written one in 25 years and they go, <laughs> I see a salesman and an attorney. I don't really see any, you know, and so and I said, you're, you know, you're right. We've got to, we've got to bring, we've got to bring some talent in here. We've got to bring some experience. And I, I was, I say it to this day, I'm not an expert, but I am an, a huge aficionado. Yeah. Uh, and I, but what we got in Jeff was the real deal. Um, and yes, rum, it's, it's a different spirit, but um, I have not seen anybody who has a better nose for him. Um on on whiskey and so right. Augie has a better nose. That's Augie, the dog. Yeah, is that the dog? German Shepherd has a yeah. damn good <laughs> and, um, Oh that's cool. No, I didn't see these business cards. I love oh, that. Yeah, so, yeah we got we got Augie, the picture of Augie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love special that. Special grand master. He's got a, a nine week old little brother now that oh, that's that awesome. Entry was not so welcome. He <laughs> he was like who the who the hell's this? <laughs> yeah. You need one of those little uh, barrels you put around his neck and just keep it full of bourbon. <laughs> yes. True, true rescue dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I must not. So, Andy, know. you're an attorney? No, my wife's an attorney. Okay. And then you, you've and, been in sales? Yeah, I was in, I 
sold networking equipment for many, many years. Oh, very cool. Uh, and was fortunate enough to hitch my wagon to Cisco Systems uh, oh, when, wow. they were, when they were taking off. Um, it could have been one of the one also RANs, but I thought the Cisco thing pretty, seems pretty interesting. So I had a number of really great years. And Do you I have uh, I used to work at Polycom. a computer company? Oh. So I used to work at Polycom, which was a competitor of uh, Cisco. And Tam- oh, yeah. Before oh, yeah. they bought, yeah. after yeah. they bought Tamburg, anyway. I seem to have finished my my <laughs> bourbon, so I'm, I'm going to go into the one you don't have. I was going to say, uh, yeah, pour yourself another. Yeah, we. Uh, I think we We're finished ours. Whiskey. Um, there's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the funny thing is this, this this is actually pretty fun is that uh you know when i first came up to peoria i was in louisiana and uh, my wife's family's from kansas and uh i basically was living with andy and stacy for about six weeks and uh Stacey calls it six months but anyway <laughs> yeah it was six months in her mind but she's like i'm tired of the frat house <laughs> <laughs> Like all, even, even the dog was like downstairs in the bar, you know, having a good time and everything else. And so it was funny. He was our latest pledge. Well, I've actually, um, my wife and I have had one of my good friends stay with us on, uh, two separate occasions and, and, and she was the same way. She's just like, okay, when is it, when is he going? (laughs) When when does it stop? Yeah, when, it, <laughs> when you have when you have a good friend living with you, it's just a, it's a nightly. Just you're like, I feel like I'm 21 again. Well, and we're gonna have fun. Single life. That's almost. what it was. Yeah, yeah. you're like the basement the bar has it. a bunch of bourbon. Let's go. What are we eating and drinking tonight? <laughs> yeah, let's go drink some tonight. Your wife and, is like, uh, damn it. You know, all of a sudden it's mid- it's midnight, and <laughs> yeah. you know, what are you guys doing again? It's like, well, okay, well, <laughs> microwaves going, on snacks. Club, so it's good. Yeah, we're not nice. a yes. That's true. <laughs> so uh, you were talking about Indeed, right? And uh, how you found? Well, yeah, and, and and I think you know when I came up here, I think you know the first thing I said was let's taste the juice. Yeah, if the juice is good, then I got something to work with. If it's not good, then I'm got an uphill battle, right? So everything was good, um, but the the history of Peoria was here which nobody knows about outside of Peoria, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the family history was there and everything else. So, you know, it, it, it really is a, a very nice story to kind of put some bookends on. And like I said, I, just, I, I really just want to have J.K. Williams be the Jack Daniels of Illinois is my goal. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we can overstate when Jeff said, calm down, I want to taste this first before we, before we know what we have. <laughs> and literally it was a drum roll. I was like, give me some, give me some good news here. Cause I, I mean, I thought it was, I had tasted, I had bottles of it. And I said, you know, I, I think we've got something good here, but I need some expert opinion on this. And he goes, it is good. And the sigh of relief came on you. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I just yeah. Did I just shoot my foot off? No, I didn't. <laughs> so I, I will. I will also say that when I came to uh, interview, uh, Andy and Stacy both said, "Bring your wife," because they want to make sure that the wife is happy and everything else. So they invited her up for the interview as well. You yeah, know? and, and yeah. She, that's nice. Yeah, being from, being from Kansas, um, you know, she's she loved it. 
God, we so. all we all know that that's the truth. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're going to make the investment in someone like Jeff, you want to make sure that it's not an investment that's a year and then disappears. You want it to be yeah. something that's Andrew, actually you're just to... uprooting your family, and... right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> and, and so, did um, you know when? When Andy, when you bought uh, from the uh, the Williams brothers, did you did they pass along a good amount of juice that was you know sitting there, or was it just yeah. kind of? I don't know, Jeff. How many barrels were there roughly? We had a hundred um, when I got there in July of last year. We had a hundred and fifty barrels. Okay. Oh, that's, so, that's nice. Yeah. Nice. And I'm guessing have you. Um, you know, in that time, kept some, and you know, you're continuing we to do. maybe age those, and yep, nice, very cool. We do, yep, yep. That's the that's the plan. And yeah, you got to have uh, those special releases. You you got to plan for those. That's yeah. the craziest thing about you know bourbon, like yeah. vodka. Here you go, you know, gin. Here you go, like but bourbon. You've got to you've got to plan. Yeah, it, yep. I mean, you can't just turn yeah. it around and you you. It's a five year bet, sometimes a ten year bet, and. You know, maybe even more depending on what what your long term you know uh, offering plan is. I Ten mean, or twelve year release or something yeah. cool. Yeah, you get to twelve years, you taste it, and you're like, "Whoa, uh, <laughs> are there other barrels?" Well, I think I think that's that isn't the plan. So I think part of what we're doing now is we just we must get our in our production our still. We've got a thousand gallon still on order. Um, when we say small batch. Um, I mean, I Very can't. Small batch. Yeah, I mean, I can't <laughs> yeah, emphasize it's not everything you're drinking right in front of you is off a 60 gallon pot still. So this is this is the smallest batch you're you're ever gonna taste. <laughs> My crock pot is bigger. Than yeah. still. And so you know, we're gonna increase obviously, you know, massively um, when we get the the big new system in. And so I think, um, but again, I. I it's a great store. When people come in, they go, the distillery, and then they look at this little still. We also put in the, the 120 gallon that they've got. So our current system is a 60, a 120, and a 240 gallon uh, cooker. And so it's just, you know, people are going, going, this is a big building. And then they look at the still. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I well, might have missed it. Are you using a pot still or are you using a column still? Pot still. Pot still. Uh, and then, yep. uh, so or what are you doing? Like a stripping run, and then you go through back again and do a, a yeah. Strip? So, so right now, like Andy was saying, we have uh, two hundred forty gallon fermentations. So basically, it's a tote, and then we, uh, <laughs> um, and and then we do uh, uh, one hundred and twenty gallon stripping runs, and then we do a finishing run in the six gallon still. So two hundred forty gallons makes roughly fifty five gallons after it's stripped out goes in a spirit run and I get about 23 gallons outside of that. So every two weeks I make a barrel. Oh, wow. So wow. With this new system that we're getting, I'll be doing 10, 12 barrels a week. Nice. So That's well, we are, we are transitioning. We're transitioning 53 yeah. gallons. Well, nice. we'll have four 1000 gallon fermenters. So, you know, I, I will have a lot more uh, capacity by the end of the year. Nice. Well, I mean, I, one of the, one of the cool things about, you know, what is, you know, hot right now is, you know, as more and more people get into, to bourbon, you know, everyone loves good bourbon, but more people love 
the story and, and the uniqueness behind single barrels and things like that. So, you know, you, yep. you have that chance and it doesn't matter how big of a distillery you are. Like people want that barrel and it, it doesn't care. You know, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. You know, it could be an Elijah Craig and they have a thousand barrels, but we want that one. So, right. and, and even smaller distilleries have the, have the chance to make that, um, uniqueness to a customer. So I've, just, I've got two barrels that I call my peanut butter barrels <laughs> that taste like peanut butter. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm mon- monitoring those closely because I don't want them to go over, over extract and, and go away. But yeah, I mean, they, they literally taste like peanut butter. Oh, that's awesome. That, that sounds amazing. amazing. Yeah. 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 They, uh, I, I'm a huge peanut butter fan, but yeah, I don't I like know. like the. Uh, I mean, I like, like peanut butter. That's right? true. I, I guess only the people that are maybe allergic to it. I guess, but uh, outside yeah. of that, you're dead on. But I, that screwball stuff, like, I, I mean, I can have it in a cocktail, but like, it's just not whatever. But I could imagine an actual bourbon that naturally has like a peanut yes. butter. Flavor. Yeah, that's not an artificial. Right. Like, yeah, not, and, yeah. and this this is different from that. So, like I said, from from the screwball, it is a very natural peanut butter taste and you're just like where'd this come from yeah 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 so if you can it's, get it's something that's super nutty like yeah we, we we've come across something mm-hmm. we're just like yeah has that love like this yeah like a peanut you know it's hard to describe well yeah. and depending i mean if you're doing the pot stills depending on where you make your cuts and stuff like that you could potentially get just the right amount of what is it congeners or whatever they're called to yeah. to mix yeah. it together to potentially end up with some weird flavor like that i mean it's and that's the thing about barrels is that you never know. So, you know, the, the barrels is what makes the spirit. Sure. So, yeah. um, you know, when it, when you get something special like that, that's where single barrels come out of and, and special releases and everything else. Oh so. yeah. So let's talk about this. Uh, we opened up the stormy river. We've got it poured out. Do you have some Tyler? Yep. So, uh, let's nose this. I, one thing I noticed out of this one too, it's, uh, it's a little bit darker to me. Maybe maybe not. It is. But nope. I feel yep. like it is. I mean, a four-year rye, I feel like, is a longer rye. Yep. Um, um, We've gotten that a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, and, and, and um, the, the Stormy River is 90% rye, 10% barley. Um, and they were sourcing, smells fantastic. previous owners were sourcing the rye from a, uh, a bakery supply company up north. Um, we don't make a lot of rye here in, uh, Illinois. Sure. Um, so, but, uh, it's a very light. It's crisp. um, It's very crisp. It is. It is great for rye. It's not as spicy as most people think as as a rye, right? So, well, I get these two really like their ryes. I'm not a huge rye fan. It's growing on me so much. It's growing on me a little bit. I slowly, I should say. Um, but I will say, like, when you get, like, an MGP rye, it's the 95.5. Uh, so this yeah. is a 90-10. So that's gonna, I'd, I'm interested to see what the difference is going yeah, to be a little and, bit. And then, like, at least with myself, I like to, to um, you know, I, I tend to like things that would have a higher malt barley um, that kind of, like, mellows, the vis- it, mellows it, but the yeah. viscosity with it as well. Um, so that's further from your nose and take a whiff. Because I'm getting this like really nice like buttery flavor. I do when I hover it, like when I hold it further away from my nose. 
So when you stick your huge schnoz in there, it's uh, it's, some, it's a little overpowering with the big schnoz in there. <laughs> he, he's got a. Uh, oh, I need to put this on there. He just started a an Instagram uh, called the People Schnoz. The People Schnoz. Yeah, and I just do nosing notes. That's all it. he does is nosing notes with it, and he takes That's a picture funny. of the glass with his nose going into democracy of the schnoz. <laughs> That's funny. On the nose of this, I I um I almost get like a, a very crisp apple. I, I definitely get the so now that I've smelled the butter from a distance, I'm getting it big time as I stick my nose further yeah. in. And I do agree, it almost tastes it almost uh tastes it almost smells like a, a buttery apple if that's a thing. Like I Well, so here's what I think of, you know, you, you taste an apple, but if you've ever been to a cider mill, there's a very unique taste in the inside of a cider mill. Um, yep. as they're processing that and that's almost as what I'm getting in this. What the hell is going on with Tyler and where are these actual notes coming from? Where I actually know. sounds like he knows what he's saying. Malolactic about. fermentation is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And the fun, the great thing is, is it's, so it's it's my left, your guys' is right, but all I can see now is his foot. Just to give you a little background. And just to give you a little background here, uh Tyler recently was in a cart golf cart accident. Golf cart. Was this the yeah. wedding that you just went to, or is that the one next year? That's next year. Okay, so was this a, but yeah, it was it was this bachelor party. It was for the bachelor so a drinking, party. A drinking incident. Yeah, well, <laughs> he he I'm wasn't drinking. Sure. The other guy was driving, and he well, I, you might have been drinking, I'm sure, but the yeah, other guy was but, driving, and and so he tips the stinking golf cart over on his leg, <laughs> and his so he rips off his toenail. His other leg, uh, he had to get surgery on his knee. I had to get surgery on my knee. I've road rash on both, like real bad road rash on both my legs. So much then, that we called him jerky legs because yeah. his, his legs look like beef jerky. <laughs> um, I thought it was great though. All I saw was a foot and a sock. Yeah. And then every yep. once in a while you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally awesome. we have an actual camera over there that's uh, not using the webcam off of our, our laptop. But our gym had a function recently, and I took the camera and the HDMI cable over there, and I just brought back the camera and forgot the HDMI cable. No, so. this is great. I mean, I'm in my bedroom, yeah, so yeah. you know, you want to see the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Got to make that bed sometime, Jeff. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah. So um, no, it's a good time. So yeah, I mean, this I'm, I'm getting. I do like the it nose. Smells so good. I can't it wait to drink really this. Is. Well, let's dive in then. Let's stop talking the, about the it. The rye is very unique, and I I want to say that the rye, uh, you know, I we actually got some uh, tasting notes where, you know, the rye won best in class, best in show with Fred Minnick. No, Sip Awards. Sorry. Yeah, you got. I think you got three class. three golds. I think uh, San Francisco didn't you? Um, uh, we had silver, silver, San Francisco, San Francisco, yeah. and then you had and, a few uh, golds. I thought uh, for the rye mm-hmm. and, and silvers for the for the bourbon. I think right. And yeah. then and then we but that uh, we get named. Uh, there was a writer who um, named us as one of the top fifteen ryes for twenty twenty one. That was back in like March, and all of a sudden, you know. The, the, the sales started taking up because it was really selling three to one bourbon against the rye. And then, and then that sip awards hit where we beat everyone. And uh, then it really, it, it exploded after that. And so uh, I feel like rye is starting to pick continued. up. 
anyway. Like I think it yeah, is. I, I I don't think it's overtaking bourbon, but I think there are a lot of people that are starting to well, segue off a little bit into rise and. I mean, and and I mean, on top of that too, like I feel like as you get more into bourbon, you you tend to gravitate towards Correct. things that are higher proof and and more. You're like just searching for something that's more complex, right? Like more flavor, more flavor. And then you have rye, and then you just like it's basically a flavor bomb. It's just like you yeah, have so many me, different. I I disagree. Like uh, it, it might be a flavor bomb, but it's not a flavor bomb that I enjoy usually. So like this I is could, fantastic for me. And I've had some ryes that I really enjoy. Don't get me wrong. And I I haven't had a rye that I don't like, but I haven't had very many ryes that I would choose over bourbon. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's fine. To and my, to my, me, my favorite rye right now is Willet. Is okay. Will it? Is that what you said? We, yeah, Will it? Family Reserve. The uh, the rye. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's like it's like. Honey. Is it their like three year? Is it? Their, uh, it's their uh, twelve, I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't follow the rye obviously yeah. very much, but to me, like, so I'm not an what is it? Isla Scotch? Is that what it's called? Um, I, I'm not a big because to me that tastes like uh, band aid tins. Well, right, I so up. I agree with you 100. So peaty. This yeah, is too rise, peaty for Yeah, me. the peat it just tastes like band aids to me. But uh, yeah. the the ones I grew up in, like but, they used to sell when I was growing up, band aids in these tins. tins. Yeah, I know and to about. me it smells and tastes like that. But rye, yeah. rye doesn't. But see, I can enjoy rye. Here, it's just not my. Not here's my preference. the thing with rye to me. We will send. We will send you guys some of our uh, um, bridge series because the bridge mm. series drinks like Canadian, and then Irish whiskey. Nice. Okay. Um, and and, and I agree with you 100. I'm I'm not an Isla fan. I'm a Highland. I, I like Highland Scotch. The Highland Scotches, yeah, I can definitely yeah. get behind those that's, for that's, sure. That's what I. But that's what I like. So, so I agree with you 100. So um, the more I drink, you know, different ryes, I hate pickles, but. I tend to pick up the dill uh, that comes from the rye. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not as, it's like, it's almost like the perfect amount in this one. Like, it's just a, it's just a hint there, but it's not like this overpowering dill bomb right. in your face. I'm actually, the more I'm drinking this, the more I'm enjoying it. Yeah. This is delicious. The, and I, I, th- I think it takes me a second for my, my just palate to reset to, when I drink something out of a Glencairn, I think there's something in my head that it's going to be bourbon. And I think it just, it's like when you think you're getting Sprite and you have a, a water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I get so that. I think it's just taking me a second. Uh, this is growing on me for sure. And it, and again, it's not that I dislike it. I, I do appreciate the flavors coming out of it. I'm just not a huge rye guy. And if yeah. you ever listen to our show, you'll, you'll know, know that, that <laughs> they're the rye guys I'm not. Yeah. When um, there's not very many ryes that I, that I truly... I'm like, oh, this is really good. I, that just doesn't happen for and me it's, very often. This is a, um, you know, but I do uh, like this. This is actually not bad. A mellow one too. You know, mm-hmm. you're not. Yes. You're I think not, that's. I think it's that's not why. Too, there's, it's not had some, pepper. Yeah, it's some, not spicy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you, there's some, there's some rise that you have that you're like, like coughing back, and you're like, it's not a high proof. It's just like it's uh, so peppery. Correct. Yeah. yeah, this is very pleasant, very mellow yeah, with that. And I think that's why I like it. It's it's not this is very good. Ovary. Over peppery. Yeah. Um, sometimes I enjoy that pepper. Like it's yeah. it's weird because I'll enjoy the pepperiness in a bourbon that comes from the rye. But when it's just like a 95.5 rye, I, I just, I, I for whatever reason, it just, it's but too much for me. People love Merlot and then they they drink a Zinfandel. It's got that peppery kind yeah. of yeah. Same, same kind of deal. And it just, we've 
I we've like had, this a lot. Yeah, I, I Jeff really, has said this. I'm I just stand in the background. Jeff, you know, tells people in our tasting room, "Hey, it's whatever your palate is. Your palate, yeah, it's not yeah. our palate." Well, um, I, I, some I, people I, say I want the rye. The rye is my favorite. I had someone yesterday say, "Your wheat whiskey is my favorite." I really those are great, but I really prefer the wheat whiskey. And so, and I said, "There's no wrong." In this, uh-huh. and all, you know, right? It's so whatever you whatever like. Your, yeah, your palette. This yeah. is. This I will is, say, I think the barley content is probably yeah. what's making me like this. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes open to find one of these. Like, I don't know what states you guys are selling well, in gonna, right now. We're going we'll to get to that, talk to that yeah. here in a minute. Um, I will say though, when I do tend to go away from bourbon, I will lean usually towards a weeded whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, like the weeded whiskeys more than the rye whiskeys. I'm a I'm a big fan of those. Pour me a little bit. Is there any more to this? That one. Yep. Yeah, this right here? Two yep. bottles, yeah. You see, you can have as much as you want. That's the bourbon. No, that's the straight bourbon. Where's yeah. the, this oh, is the silver label. This is the rye. rye. Yeah, and there's another <sighs> one right there. They sent us two of each one. So you kind of notice on these bottles are, you know, this is kind of, we're a river city here. You know, we're the Illinois River. That's what built this town. So everything, the gold zephyr is kind of elemental. And then the river is about the river. You know, it's about the stormy river. It's about, and so the bridge series has the Murray Baker bridge. I call it the Fred McMurray bridge. I was corrected very quickly, <laughs> but it's, you know, we really, we lean on that past and what, what made the town. And, and so I, uh, I, love I really, stuff. yeah. And so that's what it is. That's how we came up with these concepts. And, well, um, and when you have actual history or when you have actual you know, uh, legitimate um, naming conventions, if you will. Like, I think that usually means more, and it's a little Jeff's more significant. Moving now. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we're watching yeah, Blair, Blair Witch Jeff's Project here. Dizzy. <laughs> I'm, I'm dizzy right now watching Jeff. I'm going to bow out. I'm going to bow out because my daughter. <laughs> no worries. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, no, she's got gym, she's got gymnastics in fifteen minutes. Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay. oh yeah, get I'm going. Gonna, I'm gonna have to bow get out, and, uh, and Andy will take the rest of it. But nice to meet you all. Hey, nice to meet you. We yeah, appreciate your time. Hey, thank you so much. Outstanding. These are good. Yes, all right, thank see you guys later. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Nice right. meeting you. Bye. All right. So yeah, I, I this uh, this rye is something I can definitely drink. Oh I, yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, and it's it's because it's mellow. It's it's got a good flavor profile. It's not over over peppery. Um, no, this is good. It's be fantastic in an old fashioned. It's fashion just been too. interesting. I, you know, yeah. I, I, people go, "Well, who else was in some of these awards competitions?" I just say, you know, you, you can't get recognition if you're not in it. And so, to get medals, and some people may say they give medals to everyone. Well, no, they don't. Actually, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And yeah, the, these yeah. other ones, they don't. They don't just hand out medals to everyone. So, I, it's really. We've been really honored to get that recognition and regularly. You know, we've not been skunked in any competition we've been in. And um, particularly, you know, the Fred Menick deal, it's, you know, he's, I, I think of him as the Robert Parker of, you know, whiskey or at least bourbon. But, you know, I think it's just interesting to get, have in those competitions get, the kind of the recognition that we've gotten. So Andy, can you tell Tyler who Fred Minnick is? <laughs> this is an ongoing joke. <laughs> the first time Do I not. mentioned him on the show, he had no idea who he was. So it was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> so we all just give him crap about it. Um, 
No, that you're, I rarely you're right fanboy though. over. You don't have to uh, fanboy to just at least know the industry that we do a podcast yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, he's only probably the most well known like taster, tester. I'm here or, for the good whiskey. You know, reviewer. I love that. That's okay. That's completely transparent. So and that's good. Yeah. So Andy, he's the guy that every episode asks, and he claims he does this for the regular listener, but he's always the one that asks the dumb questions. So, uh, so that's, that's his not. shtick. <laughs> and he, my my sh- my shtick is that I come unprepared. Right. Which means he <laughs> asks the dumb questions. So. Um, it's okay though because it it does it helps any of our listeners who are new to bourbon. Well, there was to there was um, I was actually listening to when I was driving up to to Michigan. I was listening to uh, pardon me as I no you're okay oh, no, no you're good yourself. I was yeah. I was listening to um, not a podcast a Joe, <laughs> I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and he's asking questions and I'm like and in my mind I'm thinking you know the fucking answers to these questions. Well, yeah. there's a difference and, and, and between put, being prepared and knowing the leading questions no, to ask. No, like it's constantly <laughs> like he's constantly doing of asking these asking these questions, and you have to remember. And you're the, like he, he the clientele he gets that are only willing to come on if there are. Well, no, you have to remember my, too that he's also got a very point, very general. He's not doing a bourbon podcast where yes, everyone's interested my, in bourbon. He's doing general is, questions is, every week. Is he? We're he knows these answers, and you're asking for the audience. You're yes, asking I agree completely. They don't know. You don't have to explain yourself, man. We get it. So, Andy, uh, you drinking the bridge, the bridge series now, or the uh, bridge whiskey? Is that what you're drinking? I just, I, I, sorry, we were talking rye, so I went. Oh, in so you again. went into the rye? Okay, I went in again. Um, because I'm enjoying it's a Monday. This, yeah. oh, it is this Monday. rye is very good. It is. It's Monday. what we do. It was a, it was a long weekend. I was uh, up at the Ryder Cup on. Uh, oh, on lucky! Oh, yeah, that was up in Wisconsin, wasn't it? Right yeah, now. really cool event, and um, oh. you know, walked. It, it was larger than it looks on TV. So you walk about twenty miles during the day. Oh, that yeah. get around the course. But um, I'm going to ask a Tyler question. Did the U.S. win the cup? I know they yeah, were up they, after. They killed them. Did they? Okay, yeah. I knew they were up pretty big after two days. So yeah. I wasn't okay. Sorry. And, and yeah, we, we just and it was an amazing experience. We're launching in Wisconsin uh, nice. here next month, oh, so nice. I went up with our distributor um, up there, and so uh, it was really a fun, you know, fun day. So I think that's a great segue. Uh, two things I wanted to make sure that you get to cover. Where all are you available? So Wisconsin coming soon, but where else are you? So we're really only available in the state of Illinois. Uh, and as well as now Wisconsin next month, uh, I'm working with uh, LibDib on some e-commerce solutions, both in California and New York. Nice. Uh, and I think we'll we'll get that. And I, and I think Texas. Uh, we've had some inquiries from from uh, the Dallas area. Hmm. And as you guys know, you know these these bourbon clubs. I lived. We were talking before about Dallas or you know Texas. Um, it's hotter than hell down there in August. <laughs> yeah, it never gets. You take your dog out in the morning, and they run for the door for the air conditioning because it's you know it's eighty degrees oh, at yeah. seven in the morning. And so that went through my mind when we were talking about how hot it is down there. But they do have an incredible, um, you know, suburban societies with a huge thousands of members. Oh yeah, in there. So and I love your idea. You know, this barrel pick thing. Is such an interesting idea, and, and I I think there's a way to expand your brand through that sort of thing for with, sure. Yeah, with bourbon societies and clubs around the country. 
so we belong to a club called Bourbon Enthusiasts, and um, he's I don't I don't know for sure, but I feel like he's one of the bigger clubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I mean he's got a hundred thousand plus followers on Instagram at least. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, I think that if you get with someone like that. I think that's immediately going to get people in because they're all over the the country yeah. requesting to their state to carry your your brand. Um, because I know here in Ohio there are a lot of things we don't get, like we Taconic out of New York. We've yeah. never, you know, we would have never gotten that. And at least um, with with him too, he is very big on you trying know trying new he, he'll, places. He'll be he'll be very he'll be very honest. Like if he gets samples from you, that he's just like, hey. We'll come back to this in the future, but yeah. you know, just just um, not ready yet, or just not ready, or these samples weren't the, the best I've had. Um, but he's he's not a, he's not a dick about it. It's no, just he's, like, just, he's just giving he's just you very feedback. he's yeah. just very firm on on um, you know I want to get my yeah. I, he's got what six hundred plus it's, uh, he's got members yeah paying members so um, but 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 anyway my my point is is you know he's he's honest with that feedback but he's not afraid to have you know um smaller craft distilleries he doesn't you know when we had the taconic that came through they were very 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 small and that was one of the the our favorite bottles of all time I, yeah i've i've still got another uncracked bottle of it because i don't want to open it yet yeah, i, I like bought it. two of them not knowing if i was going to like it and it by far is probably one of my top five bourbons yeah. of all time. So, um, and it's a so, it's a place out of New York where the distiller came from Buffalo Trace, and he's just he's up in New York State. Uh, you know, and, and and their warehouses are um, what what are they're uh, I they're the uh, not the uh, like prefab type buildings. They're the prefab, but they're um, I think they're like uh, like barns or something. No, what do they store? Oh, we're about in? to run out of time again, aren't we? Jeez, damn it. They store in um, like train cars, not train cars. Uh, what are those? Box, Box cars? cars or like oh, that's, storage uh, compartments. Like storage compartments. Storage compartments are oh, yeah. uh, storage containers. Yeah. Storage yeah, yeah, containers. Yeah. yeah, like that's what they're. You know, that's what they they age in. So they're they're a super. You know, they're super small distillery, and and so he's you know at least him in general, he's not afraid to to go to. Um, a distillery and say, Hey, like, you know, I want to pick, you know, he's, he's got some bigger name stuff, but at the same time. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to introduce people to smaller regional bourbons and that's, that's cool. And I think a lot of those bourbon clubs are trying to do that. And I yeah. think that that's a way for them to stand out. So, I mean, again, you know, obviously as a distillery, you probably have to figure out a time where your demand or not demand where your supply can, you know, manage that type of, positive uh is, reaction it, but yeah it's a conundrum for for every distillery and i think sure. one of the things that, that we've looked at um here is just very simply okay it's going to take so long to age our distillate that's that's all there is to it and i there are plenty of i won't name them uh, <laughs> products who are on the shelves around town or in your town my town in chicago uh, where it's only aged two and a half years. And I just say it's just not enough. It's not yeah. enough time yeah. to impart what you need to impart into a bourbon uh, to make the difference. And that's something that we're going to stick to. And Jeff and I have agreed on this, that you just can't, there is no rushing anything. It's when it's time, it's, it's time. time. Well, and that's and, the thing and, with bourbon. You can't rush it. It's, I mean, honestly, yeah. 
I, I feel like it has to go through the process. It yeah. has to, and the maturity is not just wood. And, and I think that's what a lot of these people want to, you know, they you get know, the dark, they get the darkness from wood, you know, speeding up that process, but you're not speeding up the maturity. You're just speeding up the, yeah, like you said, the extractions or the, and a, and a, a local favorite of ours is, is Minowa spirits. And, um, you know, you know, maybe earlier on they they put out some pretty young stuff. They and, did, and it was yeah. kind of have to. And it was and it was it was okay. And and now they're at the the you know the time that they can put out the seven eight year stuff. That's just it's outstanding. Just, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um. But you know, I think if you stick to that, you know that it, it just. Ah. Just makes you, uh, uh, you know, in a better position. Well, in long term, if you're just slowly, you know, switching from three years to four years, and then from four years to five years, I think the people Blending. that are, you know, loyal to your brand will start to to reap the benefit from that because they'll start to see, oh, this is getting better. It's. I also know, say, you know, I love what um, Bart Bourbon does. You know, there's just there's yeah. no it's. It's right out there. It's on the bottle. This is exactly what's in this bottle. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, we've got some three-year juice of ours. We've yeah. got some 12-year juice from someone else. Yeah. We've got this. We've got that. But it's all there. We're going to do the same thing. Uh, we'll need to source some products in the future. Um, but you can bet that it, we'll do the heavy lifting for the consumer and taste, you know, 50 bourbons or 50 whatever and we'll do some secondary finishes and we'll, you know, that, that's some what toast and anything that comes from us will be great. Yeah. Some, I mean, like transparency is the yes. biggest thing right now. I think because you're looking old elk, they do MGP smoke wagon does MGP. You've got all these places sourcing from MGP and no one cares as long as they're transparent about it. They know what they're buying. You know, that you're doing your own thing to a sourced bourbon or or if you're contracting through someone else to make your bourbon. I mean, the transparency, I think, yeah. as long as you're not trying to trick the consumer, I think they don't care, to be honest. I, I, Ten years I, ago, different. But now, yep. now it's fine. Today, I, I, think, I think there's a different – I think there's a difference between saying, like, hey, this is our mash bill. Um, you know, someone else is making it for us while we just need to – catch up on demand versus saying hey you know we're a little bit newer we're bottled we're we're bottling this eight year here it is and yeah. it's just like well, well that's what new riff you know, did that's what old elk did new riff used to be okay and they slow they instead of just you know slowly rolling into their own they actually just cut it off and said now we're new riff and yeah. and and, and, I, then, and i also i would just say you know to be honest the the mgp you know, kind of when that cat came out of the bag was kind of like, <laughs> this is not a good, um, that's a tough deal. Hey, Jeff's back. I'm back. <laughs> Jeff is back in town. You can take that stuff up the chair. My, my daughter is uh, in her gymnastics around. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Glass, and then um, do you have a glass? Or do you have to I go into a cup? Well, I think I'm. We're about to run out of our next right. uh, yeah. segment. <laughs> got four minutes and three, three seconds. So before we do, though, that brings us to the next thing, that the bridge uh, whiskey. Talk about that real quick because I, I want people to hear about that. I'll let Jeff fill you in on the bridge series. So the bridge is a uh, – we have four bridges in Illinois in Peoria, right, going across the river. And the bridge series is meant to bridge the gap 
between what we have in barrels now that we acquired with J.K. Williams, plus what we're making past cool. age. So it's it's so and when we're do, we're doing that in a uh, a certain way that is a lot like uh, Bardstown. Bardstown. Yeah, and I think we're going to use their use their model to be transparent, and there will be a bridge series one, two, three, four. That's, That's really cool. I like that. I like yeah, that. The yeah. idea is to be completely open with people and to yeah. say, hey, if, if it has our name on it, it's going to be good. So, and whatever's available is what we'll work with. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if we don't find anything good, we might not make something for a year. Well, but, I, that's know, what we were just saying to Andy is I don't think people care if you're transparent as long as it's good. Yeah, exactly. They don't exactly. care. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And, and it's a, yeah. it, because like Tyler mentioned earlier, you might find lightning in a, in a barrel or lightning in a bottle, if you will, right. to where you, you know, can have something that everyone's like, oh my gosh, where it gets out on it. And then they start collecting it and they want it. And then, then you see secondary prices, things like that go up. But then, but then that makes them wait for the next one and, you know, oh, maybe we'll get another one. And so I, I think that's, like you said, I think if, if you're transparent and it's good, no one cares. And yeah. I think that's, that's at the bottom. The bottom line is people just want to try different things. That's why the single barrel thing's taken off right now. That's why, you know, all these, you know, uh, uh, limited releases or, or, uh, what do they call them? LPOs is L something. Anyway, something like that. Uh, limited time offerings, LTOs, right? Something like that. Um, but that's why those are big right now because anything that's limited, People want something that they can throw into a collection. They can throw on Instagram and say, hey, look what I got, whatever. And you can do that. I mean, you have that bridge yeah, series. You can- there's one thing that I've read about and I've noticed is that, uh, you know, COVID has brought around this premiumization trend. And people are people are like, if I'm going to buy, if I'm going to drink a bourbon, it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Like this, this You're is absolutely stick. right. Yeah, absolutely. It's sticking with us. Like we, I, <laughs> I, when I go to buy a bottle and Jeff and I both buy bottles from other distilleries and we buy, um, at the, at the retail outlets, but you know, it just, we're willing to pay more for something that I know will be great. Yeah. And so oh, I yeah, think this is the consumer is on board with this. This is not a passing trend. It's actually sticking. Um, and it's shown in the sales reports and all the, market trends so we're really excited about that i think as we expand our our distribution you know it'll be great but you were asking before about distribution um i our original you know we were kind of thinking concentrically like we'll, we'll start here wisconsin iowa indiana kentucky missouri and and that's probably how it's going to go for Ohio. us we're going to try to <laughs> Ohio. Yeah. You say Iowa? <laughs> no, Ohio. I said Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like whispered that Ohio there. You got to get to Ohio. That's where we are. We yeah. can't get it unless it's here. So, um, Real quick, though, w- Instagram, social media. Where where do people, where do you guys post? Where do people follow you if they want to? Um, uh, we have our uh, Facebook, Facebook and JK Williams Distilling on, on Instagram. And so, you know, any, any of those spots, find us. You can email us directly, um, Andy or Jeff at jkwilliamsdistilling.com, and we respond to everyone. Awesome. My, my Instagram, personal Instagram is Distilling Adventures. So it's Distilling underscore Adventures is uh, uh, my, my personal Instagram, which I do a lot of stuff here because we have, we have a, uh, uh, a media group that does the, the 
big things, right? Sure, so, sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, guys, I know we're under a minute left. So <laughs> yeah. before we go, so cheers to cheers. all. Cheers. Guys. Thank so you. Cheers. So let's go ahead and finish up. Yeah, I think the for me, the rye, I'm not a rye guy, as you guys know. I, I could drink this rye. If it was in my glass, I would have no problem finishing it off. Um, again, because it's rye, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna choose it. Mm-hmm. But I would drink it all day long. Um, if I was somewhere and this is what they were serving, I would have no problem. I wouldn't complain a bit. I would drink it and I would drink it and be happy. Um, the bourbon for me, it's interesting because you know a lot of times I attribute corn uh, nosing and flavor to youth. Right. This. I don't. It's hard for me to distinguish the difference, but for or to verbalize it, I should say. But for me, I got the corn, but it didn't taste like youth. It tasted like a mature corn, and What's, it tasted like because because it then transferred. That was immediately on the tongue. It then transferred to like a vanilla, um, uh, an, an oak, and then what did you say you got out of it, Tyler? On the on the bourbon. There was, I got... Cherry. Cherry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the cherry. The dark uh, and then yeah. some, it was like a peppery cherry for me, yes. now that you mentioned that. Um, so, to me, it wasn't a youthful ch- uh, corn at all. So, that was... I think yes. it's because the mash bill is so high of corn. It is. It's 80%. I, that, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But, but like I said, normally when I taste corn in a bourbon, it's a youthful experience. It's, it's like, a, oh, this just yeah. hasn't had enough time in the, in the barrel. Yes. Um, but that's, that wasn't the case with this. I really did enjoy this. Um, I thought it was, you know, uh, really good. And, and the fact that it's a 90 proofer, this would be something that I could, if, if, as you guys know, sometimes like when I go to the Dora in the summer or mm-hmm. something, I'll take a lower proof, I'll add an ice cube to it and then I'll go out there. That way I, I don't get like hammered going yeah. out, you know, uh, but it's also a little more refreshing cause it's summertime. This is something I could see myself doing that with because the corn, um, it didn't, like I said, it wasn't youthful. It was a nice, mature flavor. And then with that cherry, peppery, vanilla, like oak finish, that the way it hit you in the mid to, to back of the palate, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so none of these, I, I think I would be fine with both of these. I don't know if I would go out of my way and hunt for these, but I will say Trina has family in, in Chicago. If I go to Chicago again anytime soon, I'm probably going to go to a liquor store and look for it. Yeah, I would ask you to bring me back a rye, for real. Right, and yeah. and so like I'm not going to go out of my way to hunt for it, but next time I'm in Chicago, mm-hmm. I will most likely uh, go to a liquor store, like a Benny's or something like that, see, see if, if they've got it. Bottle. Yeah, see if I can yeah. find a bottle and then bring it home. So I guess technically that is hunting, but it's like hunting of convenience, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, as they expand and as they start to... Uh, get a little bit more, you know, distribution, you know, maybe we will get it into Ohio. That would be outstanding. I'd, I'd love to see that. Or even better yet, like maybe like a, a barrel proof, uh, single barrel, barrel through like bourbon yeah. enthusiast or, or some club that we're part of. That would be kind That'd of be neat very as well. cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Um, do I think that the bourbon would benefit from maybe even another year or two in the barrel? Maybe, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I'd would love to to keep or maybe maybe that at cast maybe that at a hundred proof yeah like, or even just a higher proof yeah I yeah. mean and you have to think there's there's an economy of scale thing with you know them having to they probably don't have to proof it down to ninety but they probably get a little bit more bang for their buck on the barrels sure. yeah they're it down still to in their infancy you know what I mean they're so they know. want to sell as many bottles as they can but like 
I, to be honest, it would be interesting. I'd, I'd love to, to see that at a hundred proof just to see what it takes. Like. Proof, I bet's great. And uh, that's a great, a great just spot to see. To be. Yeah. A hundred proof is always a good spot for me as well. Um, but I'd love to see it there. And then maybe even like a barrel proof, um, or even just, uh, and then compare that again to maybe like a year and a half down, down the road with a little bit more aging to it, just to see what happens to it. You know, um, it'd be interesting. And I also would love to try out their, their blended weeded whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. That to me, I like, I love that kind of stuff. So, and, and the, the fact that it's a little bit of a limited offering and the way they're going to try to finish it. I think that to me is, it seems like a pretty, when it sounds like they were going to send us that other one, they may. Yeah. I'll follow up with that and see if they, see if they can. Um, yeah. and, but honestly, like this is, this was a place I'd never even heard of. The handwritten note means so much yeah, to me. So, That's so awesome. they sent us a handwritten note with what they with what they sent us. Um, this took us a while to get scheduled. We've had it for a few months because of just different scheduling things, travel for them. I think someone was sick at one point. We had travel as well. And then we were also trying to mix it in with other things we had already scheduled after the first one got canceled. Um, but yeah, handwritten note, they gave us some uh, some information here on a on a flyer. Um, and then they sent us some nice labels in their sample bottles and, and they sent us more than we needed. That's great, yeah. They could have given us those, just those two bottles. Oh yeah, that's and right. They no, they sent us four. four. Yes. So, I mean, I, to be honest, I, this is more than we normally get unless they send us a full bottle. Yeah. But usually that's only the bigger places to do that because they have, you know, some to spare. Um, but no, they, I, I really enjoyed having them on the show. I thought they were... Um, very forthcoming with information, but they oh, were yeah. also. I, I just like when they when they're not afraid to talk shop. Yeah, they're sure. very transparent about where yeah. they are, where they're coming from. Yeah. You know, their very, goals and the uh, history is cool unpretentious, too. Right. Very just down to earth. Down to earth, and I like Andy, for example, just the the history of the Peoria Peoria uh, area, but then also the J.K. Williams brand and or the the recipes that they inherited from the from the purchase. You know that stuff. I until I went to their website, I had no idea. Yeah. So that's just kind of cool. The the historian like nerd in me loves that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but prohibition, all that that stuff, the gangster stuff, to me, love it. Love all that stuff. You know. So I soak that stuff up, and if they can somehow parlay that into a little bit more marketing information and 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 like lean on that, I think they could easily, if they start getting the supply up to where they need it to be, really start distributing. You know, a little bit wider. I think that would be. Yeah really good for them but any place that just leans on old history of bourbon yeah. i mean mm-hmm. look at elijah just, craig elijah craig is the you know the the father of bourbon you know what yeah. i mean like and then you've got buffalo trace they what have they done in the last 10 years but embrace their history yeah like every brand they have out there with the exception of like two i think are named after people it's ben, all history yeah you know, benchmark is even named after people um, you know, the, the, uh, I think what, I can't remember the Buffalo Trace isn't named after a person. So their flagship bourbon <sighs> isn't. And then I think there's one other one they have that, uh, isn't named after a person, but the rest of them are like, they're all named after people. So they're, they're leaning on that history as well. That, you know, that you've got your E.H. Taylor, you've got your Blanton, you've got your, um, Stag, you've got Eagle your not a Elmer person. T. Lee. Eagle Rare is the other one. That's that's the two. That's not a so person. it's Eagle Rare and EH, no, it's Eagle Rare and Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace Those are the two. Yeah. I think the rest of them are named after people. I think you're right. So I mean, it, but Buffalo Trace is a historical thing. It, you know, it's named after the Buffalo. The Trace is the trails that the Buffaloes created in their path. So that's what a Buffalo Trace is. Um, so it's at least a historical name for their bourbon. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, that and all the other named bourbons, Eagle Rare is really the only one that's not of significance other than just, you know, Banks whining. Oh, also. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, yeah, when you have history like that on your side, if your bourbon is good, if your whiskey is good, so, then you can really get people to start trying it out and then, yeah. and then have them come back for more. I didn't get a chance to say this earlier, but there's always something fun about telling a story with a bourbon. Yeah. So you're like, hey, I want you to try this, and then you tell the story behind it to yeah. someone. And whether they're new to bourbon, old to bourbon, they may not know the story. You know, it could be but someone that- they're going to appreciate it, though. Well, they are. That's my thing, though. I but most like, people will. That's part of the thing, like, with bourbon. It's not like, hey, this was a Jim's carryout. It's a six-pack of Bud Light. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. It's, there's a story behind this well, there's stuff. There's probably a story behind Bud I, Light I know. As well. You get my point, though. <laughs> and Anheuser-Busch. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And I think that, that that's part of the whole- like attraction of bourbon yeah is the stories behind it you know the the names like look at buffalo trace elijah craig all the places we just talked about i mean all of those things have some sort of uh it's fun to tell the stories yeah. with them too and then you've got now uncle nearest you know similar story uh, jack daniels they've got a story like all these places that are really big and up and coming so they could take this rye and they could do something with jack daniels and make a stormy daniels <laughs> Jesus, God, we have derailed. Um, no, but like, but you're right. I, I th- that is a conversation piece, and if someone has that story to tell, and people are actually interested in it, you know, there are I'm sure the the 20 year olds that are just buying it to drink, but then there are the guys like us who have we're so not calling just us old. Older, no, I agree. Older. I, I appreciate a good story. I do. <laughs> yeah. I was telling someone the story of the Jefferson's that's, Ocean the other day. That's what you like in porn the most. Like, right, story the good story. It. Yeah. Back right. to Stormy Daniels. I want to know why the washing machine needs fixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he overload it with too many towels? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Rookie move. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Is that 220 back there? That's probably why it's not working. <laughs> 210, 220, whatever it takes. <laughs> um. So anyway, I think yeah, both of these bourbons for me or whiskeys for me were were good. I definitely enjoyable. Um, like you said, though, I, I wouldn't mind trying them at different proofs yeah. and different ages just to see you know what. I what, like to try that rye in a uh, oh, an old rye. fashioned too. Oh yeah, uh, well that rye at a cast ring too. Yeah, yeah, the rye was good. I, I listen. You guys know me. No, no. For me to say I like the rye, it's it's generally something that jumps out at me. Um, but yeah, I did like that rye. Um. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we had some Zoom issues during the episode, so they couldn't finish the episode with us. But this was kind of nice. We were able to come and uh, give a little summary afterwards of our own thoughts without them being on here. But um, I think uh, we've got a big show coming up next week. So, this one was a fun one. We had uh, some really good guests on today. They were fun to talk to. Um but from a an industry perspective, I think everyone knows who our next guest is going to be. Um, you'll have to just wait and see when we uh, release that one next week. But thanks for joining in for another episode. I am Dude Pool. Tyler Schaefer. The People Schnoz. Brett Bryan. <laughs> or Brett Paul Bryan, <laughs> the serial killer. Uh, thanks for joining in, guys. I appreciate uh, you uh, coming on today, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.
Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.